Hello and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, now toddler, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in mum talk to be honest real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments wherever you may be thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation as you all know we love cheeky wipes in our household and mine are washed and ready for babe number two but did you know they also do reusable period protection pants and pads Their maternity minky pads are fantastic postpartum. In the early days of postpartum bleeding, they are less bulky than a disposable, no chemicals, just comfy bamboo cotton next to our delicate bits. The pants feel like regular pants, but have four or five layers of absorbency, including a leak-proof layer. Once postpartum bleeding has settled down, they are a brilliant alternative for disposable pads. A quick rinse or soak, a machine wash on 30, and they're ready to wear again. Being personal fans of cloth nappies, I am so happy about Cheeky Wipes' new launch. After swearing they would never launch nappies, they have gone back on their word and spent over a year developing a two-part system. More Punami proof than all-in-one nappies, better longevity and much easier to wash and dry. Cheeky Wipes have us all covered. Head to CheekyWipes.com to view their brilliant range. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk, preparing for birth and baby episode three. So this week is slightly different. I figured you would be a little bit bored of my chats. So this week I have the wonderful Rebecca Oxtoby joining me. Now you will have heard her name when I have shared about her book Mum's the Word. She also has another book launching this coming month in May which is very exciting. So she has joined me on the podcast this week for just a really lovely, relaxed mum chat. We talk about everything from births to sleep, to overwhelm, to underwhelm. We talk about everything. It's just a lovely chat. So pop it on in the background, have a cup of tea, do your whatever you want to do and just enjoy listening. And I will see you on the other side. Oh, well, I just had the most stressful five minutes running around I have no idea what my toddler has done with my USB cable which normally connects my microphone so hopefully you can hear me okay and yeah fine the um because it is doing the audio through my laptop which isn't ideal but it will have to do because I don't know where my toddler's put my USB (laughs) I don't know where Isabel's put my purse oh no yeah it's been gone for about six weeks. Oh, Nobody's no. spent any money on it, so it's not being stolen. It's just gone. And I, you know, you run out of places to look. I just don't know where it is anymore, so I think I'm just going to have to do the dreaded job of ordering everything new again. Oh, that's so annoying. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully you didn't have loads of cash in there because of COVID. No, never... Never carry cash like the Queen. Not because of any reason, just because it's not convenient, is it? I always just have my card. It's not. We went to a local park today and they had their little snack hut open and it said cash only. And I was like, seriously, who does cash only these days? I know, especially with COVID, because everybody's gone to card only. And then I'm like, oh, I don't have a card. You can't win, can you? 
You really can't. I've now put the cards on my phone. Um, yeah. Tried to do that, and that seems to be working well, but it does mean that I never go out. I, I, I always go out without my wallet. Yeah. But, oh, dear. Um, These children. I know. <laughs> I know. So how old is Isabel? 21 months. Oh, um, my God. So, yeah, two in June. Oh, oh, June baby. I bet that was nice. It was perfectly timed. Um, Isabel is the 25th of June, so she is six months away from Christmas exactly, which for somebody nice. who's got a type A personality like me is the absolute dream in terms of organisation. Yeah, I bet. How nice is that? Amandine is a September baby. Um, um, and then this little boy will be a May baby. They're both really nice birthdays and quite nice to have them apart as well, but neither of them near Christmas. You've done well, though. (laughs) I feel like I have. I'm especially proud of this May baby. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was born born in May and I've always loved having my birthday in May. It's always Mm. been such a nice month and the weather's always good. It's kind of warm enough to have a garden party if you want to have a garden party type thing. Um, So, yes... Only four weeks or so to go, so I feel like an absolute whale right now. And are you ready for the transition to two? No, I don't think... (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I will ever be ready. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this mini-series, because I need to get my head around baby stuff again. I need to get my head around like what I need in my hospital bag. Not that we're, we're going to try and have a home birth, which if you listen, which you do, you'll know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I still need to do a hospital bag, which I totally forgot about. And then I need all the things that you're meant to have for a home birth, which I don't have right now. Yeah. And so then, you've got it all. Are you having a pool and everything? Yes. So you've yes, got to order all of that in as well. I know. <laughs> I know. And I've just been staying really calm and really unbothered about this. And then one of my husband's friends texted him this morning with loads and loads of questions that he's going to be asking the midwife, like, um, you know, what's the emergency procedure about getting to hospital if the baby's born or there's a problem with my wife? And I'm like, oh, well, when you find out the answer to those questions, can you just send them to me? Because (laughs) I'm not even thinking about any of that stuff. (laughs) That's quite important for me to know too, so can you just let me know that? Exactly. Um, Yeah, I think it's... Do you think COVID has changed your mind with that? Has COVID driven you to a home birth, or is that something you always wanted anyway? Um, It's always been in the back of my mind. So with Amandine, I did think about it for all of probably 10 minutes and then yeah. when the midwife came around and said yeah, it's probably an hour to get from your house to hospital by the time we've waited for the ambulance yada yada I kind of thought okay no that's it I'm I'm out that's too long I don't know what birth's going to be like I don't know how fast it's going to happen I'm just I'm just no um <laughs> and I gave birth on the midwife led unit with Amandine and I had the best I was I was incredibly lucky I had the yeah. best birth experience and I've always said and always thought I'm going to go back and do that again I'm going to go back to the birth unit and midwife led unit and do that again in the pool but yeah covid has definitely changed my mind but also having Amandine has changed my mind because it's so much easier childcare wise to just mm. all be here and yeah. not have to worry about 
last minute childcare or people kind of, I mean, my mum will be on emergency standby, but I'm very much hoping I won't need to use her. And the baby will come in the evening, at night, whilst Amadine (laughs) is upstairs sleeping. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Then she'll wake up in the morning and there'll be a baby. (laughs) That is what's happening in my head. And I now know it's not going to happen because I've said it out loud, but... It um that's what's happening. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, put that on your birth plan, definitely. That sounds perfect, doesn't it? And maybe it's just a positive thought. Just keep believing that it's going to happen and it will. Well, I'd like to hope so. My husband, on the other hand, is like literally completely the opposite, and he's like, now you've now that's what you want, and that that's what you think is going to happen. You're going to be in hospital. You're going to have an emergency C. It's going to be. <laughs> And if that happens, that's fine as well. Exactly. It's just hard, isn't it, when you know... I mean, I'm the perfect example of that, I guess. Um, When I was pregnant with Isabel, I planned for not necessarily a home birth, but I wanted a water birth. I did all the hypnobirthing courses, was very kind of tuned into that side of birth. And when we went at 36 weeks, she was breech and she couldn't be turned. And they said... Which I think is really important for them to say. They said, you can still have a vaginal birth, but it will put Isabel at an increased risk. Mm. Um, and when I asked how much, it was like, there's a 12, 12 times increased risk of a vaginal birth with complications for her than you. you. You are more risky to have a section, but she will be more risky during a vaginal birth. And I just thought, that's the decision then, isn't it? I have yeah. to have a section. And it... Uh, it was beautiful. It was planned. I went in with a curly blow and um, <laughs> walked in with no pain, no labour. And she just came. We watched the whole thing. We had our music on. So it, it it was fine. And it wasn't how I intended, but actually it was beautiful. And I guess, I don't know, we're crazy, aren't we? You go through it and it could be hell on earth. And then you come out the other side and eventually one day after the PTSD and all of this you'll uh, you'll just appreciate it for what it was I think we really we really need to appreciate what women go through as part of birth as well because it's huge isn't it you can have a plan and it can go completely to part mm-hmm. and then you you grieve something that was never even there in the first place absolutely I couldn't agree more and I think with hypnobirthing as well, is that it's really it is really lovely to do the course, but it can also really make you quite solid on what perfection yeah. is going to look like. And then when it doesn't, yes, you've got the tools to deal with that, which is brilliant, and you you know you, you can use those, but also it really solidifies in your mind what you really, really want rather than being kind of like, oh, well, whatever happens, happens, and I'm fine with that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, How do you feel about the the possibility of going into hospital with COVID, though? Because I don't really know what the rules are up to date now in terms of partners being able to join you, whether it's still on four centimetres or whether they've changed that. I honestly have absolutely no idea. But to be honest... (laughs) I think my husband would be really pleased if I went into hospital and we didn't have to be there. I think with with Amandine, even though everything was totally fine, I still think the noises that I made in labour will traumatise him forever. 
and I remember him being quite shell-shocked after the birth Um, (laughs) and I know for a fact he doesn't he doesn't want to witness that again Um, and (laughs) I think if we're at home he really has no option than to witness that again but if I'm if I'm you know if I go into hospital or whatever I think he'd actually probably be quite pleased and to be honest you know I'm not that bothered I'm really lucky in that I know my midwife she was the same midwife I had for Amandine. Ah. So I feel really confident in her hands and I, I'm i not really that... I, to, with Amandine, I literally kept my eyes closed for the whole time, so I wouldn't have even known he was there, really. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so lovely. It is. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about going in. With COVID, I, I think the maternity ward is probably one of the safest you can be on because they're going to be I taking agree. such huge precautions yeah. um, that I really... I'd rather go onto a maternity ward than go into A&E, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, no, I'm not, that, I'm not that worried. No, I'm not that and, worried. I mean, my day job, I work in the hospital in, in Liverpool. Oh, do you? Uh, what do you do? Yeah, so I'm the clinical lead for the stroke service. So I'm a speech therapist... Um, by background and then kind of now manage the speech therapy team who work in stroke and we've we've been on a big journey with COVID but now we're under 100 cases in the hospital across the three hospitals that we've got in our trust so I think it's I don't want to say a good time but I think hopefully we're at the tail end of this the numbers now yeah and it's just more precautionary than anything else um i definitely rather be having a baby now than this time last year because we just didn't know what it was last year mm. no we didn't did we and it was it was quite scary going into it but i think now everything's becoming a little bit clearer and at least we've got a bit of a pathway hopefully fingers crossed oh yeah if it all goes to plan, Isabel's birthday is on the 25th of June and we're allowed out on the 21st of June. So the the celebration... I feel annoyed, though, because everybody wants that week off at work and I'm like, no, that, that's <laughs> Isabel's birthday. We planned that before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully we'll be able to have the Friday off with her for her birthday. Not that she minds, but you can't not celebrate, can you? No, exactly. My um, At one point, my sister was going to get married on Amandine's birthday. And even though I was very much like, you know, don't worry about it. It's fine. She'll have all her family there. It'll be cool. It's yeah. still, it's still, that day is allocated already. Thank you. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to share your celebration. And actually, I wouldn't want to share my wedding with somebody else's birthday. I want it to be solely about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. So how is, um, I know this is thinking back now, back 21 months ago, does does giving birth feel like ages ago to you or does it feel like yesterday? Both. Um, so I had a diastasis, so split my abs down the middle when mm. I was pregnant. We were renovating a house back to brick when I was in my third trimester because oh this God. is the stupid type of thing that I do. <laughs> um, so... I don't know how I did it, but I I tore my abs and recently they've kind of reopened again. So I had physio initially and they went back to a centimetre all the way down. So that wasn't classed as a diastasis anymore and it's gone back up again now. Um, So I'm still struggling with that kind of... My stomach still feels a bit like a bag of bones. I can't Mm. describe it. It just feels like an empty bag and everything's still fluffing about. Um, 
But that's only recently that I've struggled with it again. Prior to that, I, I just think it's very odd that I've got a nearly two-year-old. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Everybody says, don't they, the baby bit doesn't last very long. And at the time, when you're night feeding and breastfeeding and all of that, it feels like it lasts forever. But looking back now, I think it really doesn't last long. And now she's a little human who talks to me and asks for cuddles. And I just, this is the bit that I really like. I think this age is beautiful. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think that's one of the things that I'm not ready for is... I love this age. I can reason with Amandine. You mm. can actually have a proper conversation. You can ask her what she wants to do. You can ask her what she wants to eat, what she likes, yeah. what she doesn't like. You know, there's there's life in that bundle, you know. But yeah. when they're, and they're still so little and so sweet and yeah. just so innocent in the world. Like she got so excited before because she saw a pigeon. And oh. I just I was like, oh, like, they're, they're rats with wings, but she was so excited <laughs> by it. I just love that kind of naivety of... She appreciates everything, every little thing. Like, the blossoms are coming out on the trees now, and we talk about it. I think it's really brought me back to basics, in a way. Mm. Appreciating everything that's around you, because she points all of these things out, and, like, an aeroplane in the sky, and I couldn't even see it. And then she's like, it's there, Mummy! And it just... It grounds you away, brings you back to, rather than standing looking at your phone or running around all day, because they walk at toddler pace, you have to walk at toddler pace. Yeah, and you start to appreciate the really little things again. Yeah. Oh, um, and what's your, did you, did you find the first few months, or how did you find the first few months of having a newborn? Um. So... I, Danny and I needed um, fertility treatment for Isabel because I don't have periods. So I needed um, Clomid, which is a fertility drug, to start, start, um, God, what's the word? Ovulation. Yeah. And then fell pregnant with Isabel. And I think because I've always been quite successful in my life and everything that I've had a drive towards, I've always achieved. I just assumed that parenthood would kind of go that way, that I would want a nice, happy baby and that I'd be able to fix it because I'd read a book and the book would tell me what to do. And when I had her, the transition from being an independent woman to somebody else being in control of your entire life, just, I found it really difficult. And I don't think a lot of people agree. talk about how difficult they find it because it's meant to be the most natural thing in the world and people will say she'll be a good mother she's so maternal I really as much as I was maternal with her and as much as I had what I thought was that love and that bond straight away I just found the life around it very difficult I found it quite underwhelming the the mundanity of day-to-day life of, mm-hmm. oh, I've got to feed you again, I've got to change you because you've done a poo, I've got to feed you again, then then I've got to change you again. It it was difficult to get my head around to begin with because it was so different to the fast pace of life that I had before. Um, and I guess that's what prompted me to write the book in a way was I started writing down my emotions, not necessarily about... Um, not like a diary or anything, but just 
noticing the changes to say things like my identity my body my relationship my friendships and it wasn't always necessarily negative like the the book's very balanced and it's very humorous as well but I just needed to get something down on paper to process how I found that huge change in your life and the title the shit nobody tells you about parenthood is exactly what it was meant to be about the all of my friends had children and not one of them said, oh, it's a bit it's a bit boring sometimes. Mm. And I guess you can't acknowledge that because especially for a baby that you've tried with fertility treatment for and you sat in the clinics and looked at people with a bump and thought, God, you've got everything that you don't realise how lucky you are. I didn't want to voice those opinions because I didn't want to be the person that didn't love every single second. Mm. But looking back now... It's the most natural reaction to anything. It's a huge life change. And my husband's, his life changed, but I don't think that men's life change, kind of saying men is a sweeping statement, but the partner's life changes as much as the mother because I I just felt like, oh, my God, I've grown you. Hmm. And now I have to, to care for you forever. And... Looking back at that woman, and and that's what I did with the second book. Like, obviously, I wrote it about Isabel and who she is now, but a couple of the chapters I've looked at in the second book, and I just want to give that girl a hug because the first time around, I was so blown away by the change that I wish that I'd have just ran with it and sat on the couch and give her a cuddle and not worried about the dishes that were in the sink. Because I set such high standards for myself, I couldn't keep up with any of them. Whereas actually the only one that I needed to do at that time was just to be a mum. It's so difficult though, isn't it? I mean, I completely completely relate I remember when you know we we on all of those things actually we brought Amandine home from the hospital and I remember talking to my mum being like is she meant to sleep this much like what are we what am I meant to do yeah. am I it, the, there's nothing for me to do right now she's <laughs> sleeping so much and yeah it was I can completely understand some of it is boring and when I was you know chatting to my husband who, you know, has mixed feelings about having another child. It's probably the best way to yeah. say it. Um, <laughs> I, I keep saying to him, you know, don't stress, because, like, the first, you know, probably two two months or so, three months, he's just going to be sleeping and feeding and pooping, and that's it. Yeah. Like, and he'll be yeah. attached to me most of the time, and it'll be pretty boring and we can still focus very much on Amaldine because, you know, we'll still be going out the house and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, very, it's not, it's not talked about, is it? And I even feel like it when I'm, you know, chatting to friends and I've been saying to them recently, I feel I have all of these um, hormonal emotions coming up about having a second one and, you know, have we made a huge mistake? And we tried for ages to get pregnant. But and saying those words yeah. out loud, you kind of feel like, no, I can't say that because I've, you know, we've tried so hard for this baby and some people try even longer and some people aren't even successful. And, you know, how awful is that? But actually, it is the most natural emotion. Yeah. I remember the book went to a book club and um, 
a mum who had her child around the same time as I had Isabel. And I don't know this woman, but I knew her child was a very similar age, had said in the book club discussion, she if she doesn't have anything nice to say, then she shouldn't speak about her child. And I thought, that's really toxic, because it, it's mm. meaning that women aren't allowed to open up and say, oh, I'm struggling with this today. Mm. And I want to give a really balanced view, and I want to say that the the portrayal of Isabel isn't negative all of the time. The same way our life isn't negative all of the time. She's hilarious and she's wonderful and so clever. But I feel like I've really come into my own as a mother now because I get that feedback from her and I get the conversation. And I guess, really selfishly, as a new mum, you put a lot into this tiny tiny person and they don't give you anything back Mm. and for me who needs praise and feedback and encouragement and has always done that to be able to reach the next level professionally the the feedback loop was broken with a newborn for me because I didn't really know what I was trying to get out of it and then now the conversations and the development that you can see in front of her is just well more well suited to me than that newborn stage I think and I'm okay with that I'm okay with the fact that I found it tough because I love it now but I do think we need to as mums come together and say we need to stop having to justify oh well we've had a difficult night but I still think that she's brilliant though and I still love my child because we always have to justify ourselves as if one bad comment is going to have social services knocking on the door. We all know that everybody adores their children, but this is the hardest job in the world. And it wasn't even... It's like it's not as advertised. You know how you see on Instagram? The, the beautiful white coats and white yeah. baby groves <laughs> in, a, in a gorgeous white nursery and I think oh that's gonna be covered in crap yeah. like that, that's not real but nobody ever puts those pictures on of afterwards so that was where I thought no I'm gonna I'm gonna write about what it's really like and what's really lovely actually is I've had so many messages from people who I don't know who've said thank you so much for sharing this because you've made me realise that I'm not as bad a mum as I thought I was. Mm. Not in terms of, like, you're an awful mum, but I I did say I punish myself constantly for never being a good enough mum and you've just made me realise that all of the thoughts I have in my head are completely normal. Mm. Absolutely. And they are. And I think, you know, even... We all feel them, don't we? We all feel them. And it's. I think you touched on a really important point, which I've discussed about before in the podcast, but I think it's worth reminding our, our, ourselves, really, is that, you know, even if you're sitting with mums who are sharing about how tough it is, I also find that that can make those who perhaps at this moment don't feel like they have it necessarily that tough or aren't struggling, feel isolated as well because then they yeah. don't feel like they can say anything either. Yeah. Um, My friend has um, just had a baby just before Christmas and her little girl is sleeping really well and she knows, she's obviously she's seen me with Isabel who didn't sleep through till she was eight months old and she said, well, I, I don't 
I'm waiting for it to get bad. And I'm like, please don't think that. Just enjoy enjoy these moments and please don't feel like you can't celebrate those wins of sleep or I don't know like uh, that they burp really easily it's okay I just want the diet the the conversation to be really open so that we can celebrate the wins and pull each other along when it's difficult I guess With baby number two almost with us, having a one-stop shop for all my vitamin needs is precious. Nutrivita is that place. All their products are sourced and manufactured in the UK. Therefore, the quality assurance is second to none, no nasties. During these last few weeks, I am still taking a pregnancy supplement. However, when I'm not pregnant, I like to take vitamin C, vitamin D, B12 and B6. Nutrivita offer all of these. They even have vitamin D baby drops for our little ones. The vitamin world can be a little overwhelming. If you're stuck with what you need, do get in touch with the customer service team. I have found them so helpful in getting the right vitamins for me and my family. Nutrivita's website is also incredibly easy to use and very informative. It's a breeze to pick up all of your supplements in one click. Check out Nutrivita via www.nutrivita.co.uk and for 15% off, enter MumTalk15 at the checkout. Did you have a fear when you were pregnant and is it different to what what you have now? I think... Um... I think you don't know what you're letting yourself in for. <laughs> I think that's true even with the second. You still don't know what you're letting yourself in yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, and then everybody has an opinion on the second. Some will say, oh, they'll just slot in. Some will say that your life's going to be hell. I, I don't think any kind of conversation at that point is helpful because no. you've got expectations then either way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, because we were doing the house and because we stayed in work very late until the end of the pregnancy, I don't even think I had time to really think about the change. And maybe even if people were open with me and said, oh, you're going to find this really difficult, I probably would have ignored them. I think you do, don't you? You, just, yeah. you take what information you want on board and run with that because you make your own kind of diet um, conversation around it in your head well I think you have to don't you because otherwise you know you're you're pregnant there's you you know you're going to give birth there's nothing nothing that's going to change that so even if someone does say oh gosh your life's changing it's gonna it's over there's there's what are you meant to do with that information like how is that meant to help anybody yeah I know someone who I know who is pregnant put on Instagram the other day Please, can we stop with the, oh, get all the sleep while you can. Oh, God, your life's going to be awful. Because that's not helpful. You can't bank sleep, so it's not helpful to say these things. No, absolutely not. I'm sleeping so badly right now. And I did with, when I was pregnant with Amandine at this stage, I just can't get comfortable. It's just awful. But in a way, um, and people are like, oh, God, that must be so terrible knowing that you've got a baby on the way and you're not going to get any sleep. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's not ideal, but it's also not ideal you telling me that to my face. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, I know it already. Unless you've got an answer, what's the point in this conversation? <laughs> exactly. Unless you would literally like to make a hole for my stomach in my mattress <laughs> so I can sleep on my, so I can sleep on my belly. 
then I'm probably not going to sleep. But thanks very much for your input. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I remember thinking exactly the same thing when I was pregnant. I'm thinking like, I could go on Dragon's Den with this. And I'm I know. a millionaire because that hole, like a, like a massage table with a little hole for your face, yeah. but a massive hole for your belly. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd pay all kinds of money for that because I remember and Danny would say just stay still and I'd be like I, I can't get comfortable no. and they tell you to roll over the other way so that you don't roll onto your back and around and all of those things were in my head and I was like I don't know what side I'm allowed to lie on I don't know whether I'm allowed to roll this way no I think you, by the end you just think oh, I'm just gonna lie like this because it's the only way that I can get some sleep and that's where I'm at now. I just keep, yeah. I, every single night I wake up in a panic on, on the wrong side. I never roll like onto my forearms and then roll over because that's just waking up way too much. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just, you know, you just think, oh God, just someone make me a bed with a hole in. Isn't, <laughs> isn't there someone that has an inflatable... Was it Peanut? Was it the Peanut app? Did they come oh. out with some kind of like inflatable lilo that has a hole in the middle for your belly, I think? Oh, wow. I know, for like swimming pools and stuff. And maybe it was just an ad campaign thing or a marketing thing, but I'm Still sure there. I remember seeing that. See if you can get a PR copy of that. I know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Actually, my husband <laughs> is literally just now said that we've got this mattress topper which is just really one of those annoying things that we don't want to get rid of but it's just floating around our house being moved from room to room but maybe I should tell him that it'd be a really good use of that mattress topper if we cut a hole in the middle yeah (laughs) he obviously (laughs) has it in him he he should go into a bespoke bed making business for toddlers and pregnant women (laughs) the amount of people who have said can he make one for me I'm like he's not a carpenter (laughs) and I don't think he it's one thing making it for your own kid isn't it but I think it's another thing making it for other people's children exactly yeah and the arguments that you have while you're making it and they just think it's not worth it Mm -mm. when I made that bed in my plans four centimeters too long I might I might as well have it died. There would have been a divorce on the cards if the children weren't involved. Oh my god! Literally, it would have. It it was so bad. He, he we put the mattress in. And he was like, "Why doesn't the mattress fit?" As in, the mattress is too short. Because I mean, thank God it was that way around. Can you imagine if yeah. the mattress actually didn't fit? And I was like, "Well, I is it possible I made a mistake with my calculations to make sure we could fit the mattress underneath the bed as well?" And he was like, yeah, but you didn't need to do that. And anyway, so we now have this massive... I mean, four centimetres doesn't seem like much, but it is actually quite a chunk of bed. Yeah. <laughs> you could just make a little... Um, this is in my head, you know, like a little flower pot thing that's at the side of the window? Yes. Um, and then you could put teddies in there or little flowers or something. Yeah, yes. that's a design feature. I know. Well, that's what we thought. I mean, I think when he's done doing all the other jobs he has on his list before the baby arrives and before <laughs> he finally, hopefully, goes back to work at some point, um, he's got, he wants to make like a little shelf or a little book thingy to hold her books oh, or a teddy shelf or something like that, you know. We, yeah. can, we can make it good. It's fine. Yeah. We can totally make it good. <laughs> <laughs> but and we, how has she found a new bed? 
She loves she feel like it. Big sister, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think she knows what that means or what that entails. So I don't think so. I mean, she's super excited about her baby brother coming. And Uh I don't know if you remember me saying in one of the podcasts, but I told her when the sun comes out and the paddling pool comes out, your baby brother will be here. Yeah. We had the paddling pool out yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not here. So I think that was a little bit confusing for her because she kept being like, well, is he here? Is he here? Like, no, darling, I wasn't expecting it to be this warm this early. (laughs) So that was a massive faux pas on my account. But no, I think she's really, she's super excited for his arrival, but she she does love her bed. She has only fallen out of it once, um, which was fine because I had loads of cushions on the floor, so it was fine. Yeah. And to be honest, it's so huge. It would, she'd really have to go some to fall out again. Yeah. Um, I think she was just a bit disorientated. <laughs> Bless her. Um, but it was funny what you were saying about rolling over and your husband in bed because Hendrik and I haven't slept in the same room for ages because there just is not room. Yeah. And he's a bad sleeper. I'm a shocking sleeper at this point in pregnancy and there's just no way either of us would get any sleep and we'd get so pissed off with each other. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely the best thing to do for our relationship is to sleep in separate bedrooms, for sure. How did you find your relationship changed when you had Isabel? It's huge, isn't it? It Um, is huge, yeah. And that's not talked about either. No. I wrote in the second book, everybody would understand if somebody else came into your relationship and you fell in love with that person more but nobody tells you that the person that you're going to fall in love with more is your own child yeah and when I fell in love with Isabel and Danny fell in love with her at the same time you then become second place and you're not their number one anymore and Danny and I have been together since I was 16 we've only ever known one another we've only ever grown up with one another and have always been each other's number one and then to uh, not even intentionally but to to be transitioned to second place in the relationship is really difficult and I think he found that quite hard because every conversation that you have especially in those early days you're not listening unless it's about the baby you're not listening you've always got your eye on the baby you've always prepping a bottle or for me with breastfeed and I had those LV pumps which were phenomenal but it's like bottle feeding them because you've got to sterilise them all and clean them and he wanted to feed her as well so we were feeding a breast milk from a bottle from him and then I was breastfeeding her so there there was just loads of admin to do and if he wanted to talk about anything other than her I wasn't interested for a long time (laughs) And then I thought, God, this this is not sustainable. When do you stop? When do you stop just only talking about the kid? Mm. And I think COVID's made that difficult because you've got nothing else to do. So you can't go on date nights. You can't have a babysitter. And I mean, yes, we could go and get dining for two from M&S, but... You know that when you're sitting in your own house, you still will go, oh, I'll just go and put that wash load on while, or, oh, the dishwasher's finished, I'll go and empty that. So I think 
the the key advice and I hate people who give advice because I'm not an advice giver but the one thing I would say is it's an effort to keep your relationship going but you have to work at it you have to get a babysitter you have to get somebody to sit in just for an hour so that you can go for a walk without the baby or you can go to the cinema and stuff when they open back up again we used to love to just go out for a meal and it literally be like an hour away from the house and we'd say right we're not going to talk about Isabel now we'd have our phones on vibrate in case I don't know she cut her arm off and we had to go back home but other than that we said like don't text us a picture of her don't say oh she's just gone to sleep because we never had the time to switch off and now I'm like no we we have to work on us too yeah. And it's taken us a long time, but I think hopefully we're back in a, a really decent place. But then I guess that's when I'll go, should we have another one? And just <laughs> mess it all up again. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, I, that's amazing that you have done that and you know you've you've put yourselves first because I think it's it will not necessarily first, but first for one mm. one day occasionally. It's yeah. really difficult to do that, isn't it? I mean, we haven't... It's mainly down to COVID, I think. But yeah. we... In the two and a half years that Amandine's been alive, not once have we done something by ourselves or got a babysitter or... Wow. And I remember we always said, when before we had Amandine, we'll always have a date night. We will always make sure that we're putting ourselves first at least once a week. And we just never have. We haven't followed through with it. And our relate, you it's can tell. It's the thing that you drop, isn't it? You would never yeah. drop the washing or the, I don't know, all of these other things that you need to do as a mum. But you know that that's not compulsory. So you say, oh, we'll, we'll just do it next week. But you have to make it compulsory and that's so hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't remember the last thing, last time Hendrik and I even watched a movie together. Because when Amandine's gone to bed, we've both got our own life admin things to be cracking yeah. on with. And we don't even really have the energy to talk to each other in a kind way. Yeah. And it just becomes exhausting, doesn't it? And it also only works if both of you are willing to put the effort in. Mm. If only one of you is willing to put the effort in, it's not going to work. Yeah. And I often find that our effort or energy levels aren't always aligned no. so he will be like right should we should we sit and watch a film and have a cuddle on the couch and I'll be like no I've got I've got this to do or yeah. I've got to go and sort that washing up because it's not being sorted out and and my attitude is awful because I'm I'm blaming him for the washing but it I think it's just there's you put so much pressure on yourself and then other times I'm like right I've I've not got any podcasts or I've not got any book stuff to do. Let's see what we're doing. And he'll have arranged to do something yeah. with his friends. And then you'd be him seeing his friends, but you know that that's important too. So, yeah, I think it's the alignment of the motivation alongside actually being willing to do it as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's so refreshing to hear you say that, though, because... I, you know how people go, oh, we never argue. Oh, God. And you think, oh, that's pathetic. <laughs> but some people genuinely do, and I think, yeah. how do you do this? Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not a nice wife. Yeah. But I think it's just normal, isn't it, to say, God, this is hard. It is completely normal. And, yeah, I have friends where I look at their relationship, and I'm like, how 
do you do that? Is this real? I don't know if what I am seeing and hearing is real because it's so far out from what we have. I mean, you know, I'm not going to tell any lies. I'm married to a half French, half German man. They are tricky men. (laughs) They are tricky men. And I'm not the easiest of women to be around either. Um, But it's, it's hard work. And, you know, Hendrik he's been at home for the last year pretty much because you know he's an airline pilot he hasn't been flying everyone's been yeah. furloughed we weren't we're not designed to be in each other's space for a year with nothing yeah you know, nothing he didn't to look... sign up to that did no. he like oh, marry a pilot so that he's in the air all of the time <laughs> and then he can come back and we'll see one another and I felt exactly the same it's it's suffocating to be yeah. with the people who you've promise that you'll be with (laughs) and also you know my my role in life right now is to be a mother his role is also to be a father yes but it is it is realistic to say that he is the breadwinner he goes out to work he earns the majority of our money and I'm not going to lie about that because that's just what it is and my role is to be a mum at this point in my life Yet, I didn't sign up to co-parent at this level either. And co-parent, you know, co-parenting at this level is really hard because no two people, even if you're with the love of your life and your soulmates, no two people are ever going to parent in exactly the same way. And whereas, you know, we head out the door, Amandine and I, and I just know in my head that I've got her water, I've got her change of clothes, I've got her a coat, I've got her everything that she needs. Yet, Hendrix in the back of my ear literally going have you got this have you got that oh my god you forgot this oh my god you forgot that and I'm like it doesn't freaking matter if I forgot that or not if I if she needs a snack and I forgot a snack I'll buy her a snack it's not the end of the world and you just think I don't need that stress (laughs) it's so it's exactly the same have you got this and then what happens is He'll say, I'll sort the bag out. So then I go, right, okay, that is no longer my responsibility. You sort it out. And then we end up going somewhere and she's not got a drink. Yeah. And I'm like, I I, I can't do this, but I either have to do it completely on my own where I can think for myself. Yeah. Or you have to do it my way. Yeah. Yeah, or dinner time, for instance. The other day I, I cooked like a lentil tomato pasta, which is fine. It's healthy. It's got lentils in. There's some protein and stuff. Anyway, she had the leftovers yeah. for lunch the next day because I didn't want it to go to waste. And he sits down at the table and goes, oh, my God, you're giving her pasta again. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I'm giving her pasta again because it needs eating. She really likes it. I know she'll eat it. And tonight we'll have something with loads and loads and loads of vegetables. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. But, yes, it is to anyone listening who is at their wit's end with their relationship right now, I feel you. I think we both feel you. <laughs> we and feel you. <laughs> we. We'll, I really do think that COVID, once things lack, go a little bit, you know, laxer with COVID, we will get all get back on track. That's that's what's keeping yeah. me sane right now, anyway. Yeah. And I hope when this baby's out and my hormones are back to a normal level, I might lay up a little bit on him as well. <laughs> oh gosh. So, what's been your biggest challenge of being a mum? Would you say? Um, initially it was the the dealing with the underwhelm I think more than anything else now it's got to be the juggle surely mm. it's got to be the juggle I work 
almost full time. Um, obviously, have published the two books and have a lot of kind of PR publicity stuff to do with that. And then the house, and then a husband, and then you just got to bring up a human in the middle of it who isn't a dick. Like you have to, you have to mold this person and teach them right from wrong, and don't. I I just it's a massive feat on its own, and I remember babysitting once um, I spoke about this yesterday actually I was babysitting my friend's little girl when she was three and Danny and I had it together in our house and we baked cakes and we made a den and we went for a walk and we did all of these incredible auntie and uncle things got all the craft stuff out had glitter everywhere and I was like oh my god I'm an amazing mom like I'm gonna smash this but I didn't clean at all while she was there I didn't go to the shop. I didn't... Probably didn't even have a shower. Like, I didn't do anything while she was there because she was my main focus. Mm. The the transition from what you know as a babysitter to a full-time mum, as well as work, as well as everything else, is just... It's huge. You can't be the fun mum all the time. You can't... You can't do the glitter all the time because... Some days you need to clean that up. Mm. And that was... It's the expectations that you put on yourself to be the best at everything. And sometimes you have to drop some of those balls because you want to be a good mum as well. Mm. And sometimes it's okay to drop the good mum ball, I think. And that took me a long time to accept. But for a very long time, I was like, she's not watching TV. I'm not letting her watch TV. And now... If I need half an hour in the morning to put a wash load on, make breakfast, do other things, maybe wash myself occasionally, then yeah. it's okay to put the TV on. But nobody, none of the books tell you that. All of the books say you should just kind of mould their mind constantly. And I, for a very long time, was like, I have to mould their mind constantly. That's what the books say. That's how I'm going to be a good mum. But she needs downtime too. Mm. And yeah, I think now I've, I'm starting to accept that this is a huge, huge marathon. This is not a sprint. And I can't run on supermom mode all the time because it's not sustainable. No, no. And I, there's so much pressure put on us, isn't there? You know, do arts and crafts, do this, do that, do this. And I'm forever thinking oh my goodness, I just, I literally haven't done anything like that with Amandine. But to be honest, yesterday, right, we tried to make Easter bunnies out of old toilet rolls and some felt. And it was great. And I was really into it. (laughs) And (laughs) Amandine was up there. But in reality, Amandine didn't want to be there. She painted the cardboard toilet roll pink. (laughs) And then that was it. She was done. She was like, can I get down now? I, I would do, and, and it was almost like, mum, I don't want to be doing this. Can I just get down, please? And then yeah. and then she did. And I then carried on sticking on the felt, drawing on the eyes and the whiskers. <laughs> and I just thought, this is ridiculous. I've been stressing myself out for weeks about not doing arts and crafts with her. And actually, she's not interested anyway. She'd rather, yeah. you know, she'd rather be outside riding her bike or she'd rather be playing with her Legos or, you know, doing something like that. And I just, yeah, there's so much pressure, isn't there? Yeah. I'm sick of seeing on Instagram, like, 
these tough trays that everybody's got. Oh, like, yeah. They've got all kinds of seasonal activities in and <laughs> let them explore. And I just think, oh, that's just going to be all in the carpet in 20 minutes. And I can't be bothered because I cleaned it yesterday. I'm not cleaning it again today. But that makes me look like an awful mother. No. But it's the things like the walks as well, isn't it? You can learn so much from going on a walk. You get outside. She knows all of the animal names because she looks at all of the birds and all of this and I think she's still learning I just yeah. need to, to be okay with me not doing it in an art attack kind of way well that's our seasonal activity isn't it I mean that's mine we go outside when it's raining yeah. we go outside when it's windy we go outside when it's sunny et voila seasons <laughs> mm. yeah there you go there you go no need for a tough tray. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you find out if it was a boy or a girl? Yes. I was really naughty, actually. I found out on a private scan pretty much as early as we could at around 15 weeks. Um, Danny really, really wanted a girl, and I wanted him to have as long as possible to process the fact that it wasn't a girl because we were convinced that it was a boy and mm. um, so we did a gender reveal when people were allowed to see one another we did a gender reveal and we told everybody to come dressed in either pink or blue to imagine, to demonstrate what they thought that the child would be mm. and everybody in the room was in blue no we were in blue my mum was in blue and we blew this cannon off and everybody was covered in pink and I've never ever seen him as happy as that day. Oh. Because he I think he's always just imagined having a girl. Like mm. all of the children in his family were girls. He's got two younger sisters. So I think he he's definitely a girl's dad. But now, if we were to have another, I'd I'd love to have a boy. I think one of each would be my dream. Mm. But you don't know until you're in that situation. I think if same with you. I think if you found out that you're having another girl, your mindset just shifts and you think, oh my God, they've got a sister. That's amazing. Yeah. I was so shocked when we had... I mean, I, I knew it was going to be a boy. I'd put in my head it was going to be a boy because Hendrik's brothers, he's got two two older brothers, and both of them, their kids, they've had a girl first and then a boy and then more girls. Ah. And I don't know, but in my head I was like, we, we have to be the same. Like, it's happened to two of his brothers, I'm sure we'll be the same. But Hendrik, yeah. on the other hand, was absolutely dying for another girl. And I think oh. even now he's finding it so hard to think about a boy um, and having yeah. a boy. And it would have definitely been a lot easier for him had it been another girl, I think, for him to kind of imagine what that would look like. We know what we're doing. Um, but mm. I feel incredibly blessed to have one of each, incredibly. Um, but, yeah, when I, I first it's found really out... funny how people say they know what they're doing, but... Every child is going to be so, so different. Yeah. That the only thing that's different between a girl and a boy, really, at that stage is what you wipe in when you change their bum. And I've been told now boys are easier than girls. Yes. And I don't know if I still believe it, but there's a lot less crevices with a boy. So there are indeed. He'll that's, find that bit easier. That's what I've been told. <laughs> I love how you say he'll find that bit easier. You expect 
expecting him to change a nappy. <laughs> see, see, this is the thing, because I have always been like, no, this is your responsibility too, so get on the floor. He's home now. He's not at work. That's what yeah. he can do. It's very, very true. It's very true. Um, yeah, less crevices. And also everyone keeps telling me, literally everyone who I tell I'm having a boy, they're like, just don't forget to hold their willy down so he doesn't pee in your face. When you change yeah, their nappy. That, aren't they? Cotton wool on top of it or something. Yes. I don't know. I've never tried it in practice. Right, well, we'll soon see. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm deaf. I mean, it cannot be. Do you remember on the podcast when Amandine did an explosive poo across literally the width yes. of her room? Oh, it can't be worse than that, can it? I'm just praying it can't be worse than that. This time, I've put the changing table up against a wall, so if he does do an explosive poo, I can repaint the wall, right? It's not going to literally yeah, it's shit not stain... Shoot across the whole room. Exactly. It's not going to shit stain the carpet that I now have to walk into Amandine's room every day and get reminded of her explosive poo, <laughs> which just went for miles. <laughs> Oh God! So before what, we talk, why do we do this to ourselves? I don't like, know. In here, you're about to have another, and we think it, it's the most insane journey. Yeah, but I would not change it though. No, I, no. I still love it. I still love. It's hilarious. Like the poo across the carpet. Prior to having a child, I would be like, "That's disgusting." Whereas yeah. now. It's just funny because you're like, thank God, that's not me. Yeah. And I think, you know, my attitude has changed so much with having kids in that I'm now just like, oh, whatever. You know, it is what it is. It is what it is. We'll replace it when we replace the carpets in the house in like three or four years, whatever. We'll, you know, it is what it is. And I'm like that with everything. But Hendrik is so not like that at all. He's... I remember when it first happened, he was like, right, we've got to get a new carpet. This is disgusting. And I'm like, why? Because there's going to be pen probably next on the carpet. And there'll be pee next on the carpet or she'll drop she'll bring something upstairs and she'll drop it upstairs you know what's the point there's no point who cares yeah um this can be our child's carpet and then when we know that they're less likely to drop drink or poo all over it then we'll change it absolutely absolutely um i feel like we we get new carpets every month (laughs) i can't imagine (laughs) I just think where Amandine did her explosive poo is just in a really bad place because it's where the door opens. So you can't put a rug there. It's just, that's what everyone said to me. They were like, oh, just stop complaining and put a rug there. I was like, I can't. I can't because it's the door opens there. So unless I chop... a little welcome mat there. I know. Unless I literally chop like an inch off the door, it's going to push the carpet back every time I open the door. So no, I can't do that. Oh my goodness. So, I'm going to ask you some what are going to seem like really shallow questions, uh, considering what we've been talking about. But I think because this podcast mini series is about preparing for number, you know, preparing for number one, preparing for number two, um, it would be really interesting to get your thoughts on it. So, did yeah. you buy or feel pressured to buy anything when you had Isabel that you thought was just a complete waste of money or you didn't use in the end? No, it didn't feel pressured, but there were some that I was tempted to buy. The one thing that I still don't want, well, there's two. 
One wet wipe warmer device thing. No, don't get that. Waste of time. And two, a nappy bin. I don't know if people have nappy bin. I don't know if you've got a nappy bin actually, but like you know those fancy ones that suck it in and it <laughs> never comes out again and it stops the smell. Like the smell is in the room. It stinks already because they've just pooped. So I'm just like, just get rid of the nappy. So we just had a normal bin and just took it out. I don't know if that's disgusting or not, but don't buy a nappy bin. No, we were exactly the same. We have a normal pedal bin um, and we had a rule of pee-pee nappies, fine, pooey nappies, just go straight outside. Yeah. That was our, that's just, that was just our rule and that's what we did. I mean, obviously not if it's in the middle of the night change, you're not going to go outside and put it outside, whatever. you Just can put double it. bag, double exactly. bag and take it down in the morning and light a candle, it'll be fine. Exactly. No, I don't have, what are, are they Tommy TP ones, are they, or something? But they do, yeah. don't they? You have to buy cartridges and stuff for them, don't you? <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. I remember no. Mother Care had a sale of one for a fiver and it was reduced from about 30 quid and I was like, oh look, that's good. But you have to buy cartridges yeah. and special liners and I thought, oh, this is a huge waste of money. No, thank you. I remember people always saying, oh, don't bother with a baby bath, but actually that was one of the best things that I bought was mm. our baby bath because our bath is quite big and I didn't want to have to take a bath with Amandine every time I needed to... Uh, wash her and our sink isn't really practical although Amandine now has bum baths in there but it's just not particularly practical and we bought one of the um the like sit up is it called a a snuggle bath shuggle bath I can't remember what it's called yeah but it's like a sit up one and it was the best thing I bought I think they last quite a while in there as well don't they yes definitely and then it doubles up as a laundry basket when you're done with it (laughs) (laughs) Handy, handy. So what pram do you have? Or oh, did God. you have? We have got... Oh, what is it? Um, this is bad. This is me as a, a wonderful mother, isn't it? <laughs> um, I got it from Mother Care. Rest nice. in peace. And... Oh. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry if you don't know. Do you I like, like it? Let me know. We've just got rid of, well, we've not got rid of it. We've put it in the loft. Um, she now uses just one of those ones that are from Aldi for 40 quid. Yeah. It's like hawk, but that sounds like an awful word to say, doesn't it? <laughs> and they're really good because they fold down really small. My pram actually was fine, but it didn't, it lasted fine, but then... I don't know. I didn't love it. The wheels kept getting jammed, so it's not a recommendation anyway. All right. It's not helpful if you were buying it and then I couldn't think of what it was to tell you not to buy it, but, yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, we'll put it in the show notes, as they say in showbiz. Um, were you solid on baby names? Yes. As soon as we found out that she was Isabel, she was Isabel. Um so it's either Isabel for a girl or Oliver for a boy. Oh, nice. And I probably still will use Oliver again because I think that they go quite well together now because we spoke about them together for so long. Yeah. If I have another girl, no idea. And I like... So my second name is Oxtoby. And we really liked Grace, but when oh, we would say it together, it was Grace Socks to be, and all I could hear was Grace Socks. And <laughs> so you've got to practice with the second name. That's yes. my only bit of advice. Say it properly because her name was Grace Socks for a long time. Yeah, we write down all our baby names on little snippets of paper and put the full name to make sure that we're not making any 
any errors. Yeah. <laughs> and initials as well, because Isabella's IRO. So if she gets married, she can't get married to someone with the second name A because then it'd be IRA. And I don't, I mean, the reference might be lost by the time she gets married, but I still don't think that it's great. <laughs> no. That, oh my God, that reminds me, we've just got a car and um, our number plate, the first two things are BJ. And every time... Oh no. I, I know. And you can't do anything about it. And every time I'm like trying to spell out the number plate my husband's just like just say blow job and then they'll get it <laughs> because I'm there because thinking you can't think of any other words no. like for I, know. I know like oh, I was there going B for Bertie J for Jack and <laughs> Hendrick was just like just say B for blow J for job and you'll be fine and then when they read it back to you they're like so it's BJ, and you're like, yeah, 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 BJ, yeah. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad, but you don't have any choice. You can't change it either. I was like, that just, that's just our year, isn't it? You're going to have to get a private reg. I know. <laughs> it's an expensive idea to have to do, but you're going to have to do it. Oh, God. I might just laugh about it. It's just, it's just too funny. The kids aren't old enough to know BJ yet. It'll be when they were like... Uh, secondary school and everyone's like oh your mum's got a bj car <laughs> oh god don't i hadn't even thought about that oh i'm gonna we just we won't have we won't have that car by then we won't i'm sure we won't no. <laughs> we're not gonna we'll have to get rid of it by the time they go to school otherwise they'll never live it down no, neither will i life trauma that you can't let them have that no no, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about your book, because if we've got listeners listening to the podcast, they will know that I've spoken about your book at the end of um, a few of the podcasts last series. So you've got a new book coming out in May. Yeah. Yeah, 1st of May. So the first one, Mum's the Word, the Shit Nobody Tells You About Poem, until it came out last year. And that was... Um, I guess to document the transition from woman to mother and from what and the, the development of a newborn, I guess, in all its shit staying glory. And then this book now is Isabel's second year. So it it's written about my experiences, but it's quite generic in terms of the development of a a mother and um, going back to work and I guess the transition from a baby to a toddler and how insane all of that is. So it's written in an alphabetical format, really, really easy to just dip in and out of. It is not a parenting manual. I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. Um, but it just documents all of the funny things that happen as a mum and the things that nobody said would happen, I guess. Not necessarily just about Isabel, but also about you as a woman. So just tell everybody where they can get a hold of your book. So it's on Amazon. If you search Mum's the Word book, it will come up. And then I am on every social media platform as at book Mum's the Word. So if you can't find it, it's definitely on there that you could just click through the link. But Amazon is your main point for finding it. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing your experience of parenthood with us and I wish you the very best success. You don't need my wishes because it's going to go down an absolute treat when your book comes out in May. Oh, thank you. 
I so hope you all enjoyed that as much as we did. It was such a lovely, lovely opportunity to have a really relaxed chat mum to mum and it was just wonderful covering all of the different topics that we covered. So if you haven't yet written it down, Mum's the Word, written by Rebecca Oxtoby. It's a five-star rated book which has topped the Amazon best-selling charts for childcare. It exposes the unfiltered truth behind life as a mama and will literally have you laughing out loud. Like, I hope you've been through this week's podcast. Don't forget to follow her on Instagram and social media at bookmumstheword. Her second book is out in May, so in just a few days. So do have a look at that on Amazon as well. Huge, huge thank you to Rebecca for coming on and for also supporting this mini-series and the podcast. As always, thank you so, so much for listening and a big thank you to our friends at Cheeky Wipes, Nutribita and Mums the Word for supporting this mini-series. Please do leave a review, subscribe and rate. It really helps other mums to find the series and be supported by our wonderful community. Keep an eye out on Mum Talk Podcast Instagram this week where I will be asking you guys to share more of your wonderful mum knowledge and insight around pregnancy and preparing for birth and labour. And a new baby. See you next week. Bye.